My friend, we cannot keep this a secret any longer. Bob and Zip. Dr. Fauci, are there? I am, Bob. Right. I saw you on TV just a few minutes ago. Who cares? Zip, are you there? I'm here, Dr. Okay. Fauci. Okay, go ahead, Bob. <laughs> well, you were on TV and you were just doing your thing. You were telling everybody that they have to wear a mask and talking about testing. And uh, I'm glad they're still putting you on TV. So am I. Uh, you know, how many times can I pound this home before I start to feel like a, a claghorn, if you know what that is? I don't know what that is. Do you know what that it, is, Zip? Is, is it a dancer? I have no idea. Is, it, it, the, is it, it the horse that they used to use for Budweiser commercials? I believe it's the car that I used to drive. It goes, oh, <laughs> Okay, got it. Oh, that was a Clydesdale I was thinking of, not a claghorn. All right, well, anyway. Lay off the Budweiser, Bob. As, yeah. a, med as a medical practitioner, I will sure. tell you that. Anyway, Dr. Fauci, we're glad you're there. And uh, it looks like more and more people are wearing the face masks. And, uh, and God bless Yes, you. Trump now has two. Yeah. Yes, one day he wants me fired, the next day there's no problem. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Which mask are you wearing today, Chancellor in Chief? <laughs> well, still anyway. have an issue with that uh, governor of, uh, Ad, uh, of Georgia. Oh, he gosh, yes. Quite, Did you see him on TV? On he was on the same newscast you were on just a few minutes ago. <laughs> wow. Oh, you're talking to me. Yes. I thought, I thought you were talking to Mr. Zipfeld. Sorry. <laughs> I thought, why, why was Zip in the news? <laughs> now, the governor of Georgia refuses to require face masks in the state yeah. and actually uh, made some sort of proclamation saying that it would, you couldn't require them, which was well, so, so strange. I, I, you, you know, some people feel as though in, their stupidity is being impinged upon. Mm. And it's probably true. And it could be that there is too much... Peach snaps coming out of Peachtree Street. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. He was uh, he was one of the last ones on the bandwagon. He, uh, did, weren't we three or four months into this thing when he finally figured out the definition of asymptomatic? Yeah, yeah. We call he was not quite yeah. quite in the game. So uh, anyway, it's I, not the Mensa Dixon line, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Doctor Fauci, uh, keep okay. up the good work, my friend. Give, Thank give me, you, Bob. Give me Ed Kelly back. Oh. Sorry, yeah. I, I like that, Dr. Fauci. <laughs> do, you know, I, it, yeah. do you know what blows my mind is that he is 79 years old. 79. That, yeah. is, uh, that is one year too old to run for president, according to half the people in America. <laughs> <laughs> but he is sharp, though. He's sharp as a tack. <clears throat> oh, he's sharp. And, you know, he used to run seven miles a day. Really? And when he got into his 70s, he cut back. And I think he only does... I don't know, maybe it's three or four, but he still runs. Is, this, is Mick Jagger still running? Because he was doing five miles a day for years and years and years. Uh, that's a good question. I'll bet he is yeah. because he's still trying to chase supermodels and they're still faster than he is. <laughs> <laughs> they can outrun him. <laughs> uh, yeah. the time is no longer on your side. <laughs> yeah. Interesting let's, let's thing about that. Fauci. That's a really good question. Is Mick Jagger still running? Hmm. And he's one of the few people that would never run for president, so I might actually get... Okay, oh, wow. There is a whole bunch about it. Mick yeah. is turning 76 and still moving like Jagger. Ooh, 76. Like Too young to run for president. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and, and, you know, for seven... I mean, Mick always looked 
like spindly. Yes, but to say the least. But he looks great. Of course, your joints don't suffer as much uh, if you're jogging when you weigh 98 pounds. Am I right? Uh, I guess. Just from a scientific That might standpoint. be part of it, yeah. yeah. In other words, I'm carrying too much. <laughs> no, not you. And I don't think he's mountain climbing, but I'm just saying he's such a little guy. When I saw him live, I was just shocked at how small he was. I just realized he, he reminds me quite a bit of uh, George Burns as God. He sort of has that. <laughs> oh, really? Huh. Yeah, kind of. He sort of has that. Just that father. I live alone on an apartment on the 99th floor of my block. Mm. <laughs> I sat at home looking out the window, imagining the world has stopped. Uh, then here's flies a guy who's all dressed up just like a Union Jack. <laughs> <laughs> this is George Burns doing the Rolling Stones. Yeah, I, I like George Burns. <laughs> <laughs> okay. There's a cross. There's I, a cross reference. You won't hear much. I thought that um, George Burns as God was the best God. Of all the different Thank gods. Thank you. I appreciate that, Bob. All right. Uh, here's how Mick Jagger works out for three hours a day to stay in shape. Uh, this was this is a two-year-old show uh, article. At the mm -hmm. time, he was 74. Uh, but uh, they say that when he does a show, Mick Jagger covers 10 miles on stage during just one gig. Wow. That doesn't sound accurate. That sounds like hype to me. It does. Uh, how does he do it? The son says, uh, dad of eight, he has eight children and no wife, but lots of, <laughs> lots of yeah. ex-model uh, girlfriends along the way. Yeah. Um, Good looking kids, mind you. He works out for three hours a day, five to six days a week. It's an intensive workout regime masterminded by Norwegian physiotherapist and personal trainer, Torhe Eike. <laughs> we have a new character, folks. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> Norwegian guy, Torhe Eike. Well, get up there, Mick. It's time for your fun. Here, then, here, then, here, Not again. I can't do it today, don't <laughs> Come on, Mick. Time to get out of bed. <laughs> Torhe Eike. Wow. He has previously coached Olympic athletes and top footballers. And, um,. Uh, doesn't say running. Let's see. His diet remains in line with a Premier League footballer or top athlete. Mm. It includes breakfast smoothies, whole grain pasta, rice, beans, chicken, and fish. Huh. Wow. Pescatarian. Today's uh, Jagger's mm. chemicals of choice. These are <laughs> way different than Keith Richards, by the way. Don't think Keith's played by Keith's by bottle mistake. by accident, it's going to go worse. <laughs> Yeah. His, uh, his chemicals of choice are vitamins A, C, D, and E, along with a B complex, paired with cod liver oil, ginseng, which is a great alternative to coffee. It is. And ginkgo biloba. Of all the things. Uh, what is ginkgo biloba? Do either of you It's a supplement for mind joints. Sharpening. Joint strength. Is it really? I th oh, is it? Well, it's, I thought it was a joint Yeah, thing. oh, it's a mind sharpening thing. Does it work? <laughs> they, they said it didn't, didn't. It came out that it didn't work a couple years back. And then what about the stuff they sell on TV on the evening news? That can't work or no one would be watching the evening news. <laughs> no, 90% of, of supplements are a joke. They're yeah. a waste. We're creating expensive uh, urine. Mm. Is it Prevagen? Is that the one I'm thinking That's of that one. they say yeah. sharpens your mind? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Ginkgo bilo biloba sounds like Bilbo Baggins' third cousin. It's just... <laughs> sound like a thing that you would It's expensive, eat. I'll tell you that. When yeah. I see it at Costco, I'm glad I don't want it. Uh, let's see. Uh, where's his run in here? Oh, see, running. Here we go. 
Yeah. Sir Mick Jagger remains a key runner, doing up to eight miles a day. Eight. When he's in the mood and alternating between distance and shorter sprints, preparing for a tour, he cranks up his distances as if training for a marathon, which helps well, him it move is. on stage. Wow. It is a marathon. Yeah. Think about it. And wild horses are in short supply, but he loves the exercise bikes in the gym, it says. <laughs> wow. That's See awesome. how they worked in the pedal there. He also Clever. does yoga. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> not Yoda, yoga. <laughs> As, you know, you went through that article and found an old article. It reminds me of when I was looking for your introduction into the nomination, rather, into the Radio Hall of Fame. Congratulations, Bob. Oh, that was nominated. Congratulations yeah. are, are uh, premature, but uh, nomination is good, yes. Yes, yeah. But I mean, that would be anyway, like when c- I went, congra- congratulating luxury. Elizabeth Warren on winning the presidency. It didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> Still nice to be asked to the party. Though. It is. It is very nice. Yeah. I, I would like to win, too. I'm not one of these people who says, oh, well, however it goes. Yeah. Like, uh, I busted my ass. Who are the uh, fellow nominees this time around? So, in my category, uh, and by the way, for the last two years I was nominated... Uh, year one, I was up against Jonathan Brandmeier, who's a yeah, legendary Chicago, big, Chicago. big yeah. radio uh, host. And, I worked it, with him. and when I saw it, I was like, well, I'm just chum in, in that. <laughs> <laughs> you worked at a Canadian station in Toronto? Really? No. No. But by chum, chum I mean, you know, that's the dead <laughs> stuff you throw over for the fish to eat. It's yes. nothing worth catching. And sure enough, uh, Jonathan Brandmeier won. And then last year... I thought I might have a shot because they actually nominated me two years in a row. And there was a guy on the, uh, well, there were two people on the roster last year. One was Charles Laquadera from WBCN in Boston, mm-hmm. whom I'm a fan of and, and know him. And he actually helped me get another job. Uh, oh. So he always treated me real good. And he's 78 years old. and And I thought... Oh, I'd like to see Charles get it. I honestly thought that. And if I, if he wins, I won't mind. And then there was another guy, um, Harry Harrison from WABC. Okay. Harry was much older, and Harry won. Uh-huh. And passed away a few months later. Mm. And so I had to say, like, oh, I'm glad he won. <laughs> and his family got to experience. You know, I'm way too empathetic for my own good. Yeah. And uh, Johnny B's still around, though, right? Uh, Johnny Brynmeier is. I think he's podcasting, as we are. Okay. Right. So, anyway, when that happened last year, uh, Charles Laquadera, who I really like, and I'm friends with him on Facebook, he posted mm-hmm. on Facebook, Somebody keeps nominating me for this stupid award, and I don't care about it. <laughs> so that just roasts your nest. And I thought, well, now I don't want him to win because I do care. And so yeah. he didn't get renominated this year. So if there were a category buffer guys who made other guys' shows sound funny, you you would win. Oh, you well, and you know, it, it, look, the twisted tunes and all the stuff we did was. You know, freely shared throughout radio, and yeah. uh, and, it, and really, uh, that's all I wanted was like more people to hear it. I, I remember early in the career. In fact, I was with the Uzip, and we were making these twisted tunes, 
And we did a song called Ignorant Man. Do you remember that one? Sure. It was one of the very early ones. One of the first, like, two or three. And it was a Billy Joel parody about a guy who's a real jerk. <laughs> Instead of Innocent Man, it's, I am an ignorant man. I figured that out. Yeah. yeah. And, of course, it was obvious. <laughs> anyway, when we finished it, you played drums on that, Sip, if I'm not mistaken. Mm -hmm. No one I else would have, right? Wow. Liberty DeVito. Oh, we were doing everything from scratch. And a guy named Jim Perry sang the vocals. And it was funny. He could hit every line except for one super high Billy Joel line. Yeah. And this guy named Brian Silva came over one day. And I was like, we can't hit this note. And Brian said, well, I can't do the uh, lower notes, but I think I can do that note. And so there's one line in the middle of the song, the highest line, that's a different guy. Anyway, we finished the song, and it was massively popular. Uh, you know, the phone lines used to just go crazy. When Zip and I had the radio show in Boston, people, uh, you know, when we would do a twisted tune, people would call for it constantly. So, what did I do? I went to the production room, and I got those little five-inch reel-to-reel tapes, and I made dozens of copies of it. And oh, really? I, yeah, and I sent it to Rick Dees in Los Angeles, and mm. I sent it to all the biggest jocks I knew. Who was the big guy in New York? Uh, Scott Shannon. Scott Shannon. You know him? <laughs> the 100. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And anyway, so I sent it to all these guys, and the next thing I hear, they're all playing it. People would call me from L.A. and go, Rick Dees played it this morning, but he called it the Rick Dees Singers. Seventy-three <laughs> mm, D's grease, and here's the Rick D singers. Mm, an ignorant man. Mm. And then I, when I said to Scott Shannon, Scott Shannon played it, and he called it the the Z One Hundred Choir or whatever. Exactly. You know, oh, this was a Christmas song, but you get the idea. He, they would yeah. rename it as if their show did it. Of course, because back as in, did Drew Lane here in Detroit. Yeah, but. He he used to have he used to talk to me once in a while. I don't think he stole them the way these guys did. No, I think he, so. I, it was a pay service at one point, was it I, not? That's right. So I yeah. didn't even care. I was just like, wow, the song we did in my basement in Millbury is on Z100 in New York. And isn't that cool? And what's the big station in Los Angeles? Uh, at the time, he was with Kiss. I think. Kiss FM in Los Angeles, and I was like, yeah. that's awesome. So I would call. Rick Dees. I was, hi, this is Bob. I sent you the tape. I heard you playing it. Uh, I know you're not <laughs> mentioning my name. That's okay. I'd just like to talk to you and say thanks for playing it. And then I would wait. <laughs> Rick Dees never called me back. <gasps> you're kidding and, me. And because I'm, I take that kind of abuse, I kept sending him songs and he kept playing. <laughs> <laughs> you are a glutton for punishment. No, I just wanted the music out there. I didn't, yeah, you yeah. know... And he was the big fish of the day in LA. Oh, he yeah, he's huge. Huge. Yeah. But that was that was fun. We'll play Ignorant Man at the end of this podcast. Cool, okay. Cool. Love to hear it. What do we want to talk about today? I'll, I'll I'll throw it up in the first seal that gets the ball, taps the ball <laughs> and picks the top. <laughs> I sent well, you some I mean, stuff. <laughs> I am curious about uh, your big sound gig last night that you did there in oh. Vermont. Actually, it was a public event, was it? It not? was. It was actually on TV. It was public access TV, but wow. there was a camera there. Mm -hmm. um, there was a, um, and, and I talked about this on the podcast last night, there was a social distancing outdoor concert. One of those, 
you know, a band plays in a gazebo on the town green and people sit on the lawn type of concerts. And it was in a place called Proctorsville, Vermont, which is right <laughs> next to Cavendish and just up the road from Perkinsville. Mm -hmm. uh, everything sounds like, uh, you know, Mayberry. Something from Mayberry, yeah. And, um, yeah. and what was funny about it is there were... There were a lot of people concerned about whether people were going to behave and wear face masks. And, and we were sort of warned that this, if this doesn't go well, we won't be able to do anymore. Right. And so I got there three hours early to set up. <laughs> yeah. And I was running the sound. And I had a new mixing console that I uh, bought because yeah. I'm addicted to <laughs> technical gear. And it was something I had to learn from scratch. Right. And so I spent three days getting ready for this. And you were sweating this one. I was, because I wanted to do a good job. And also because yes. a very famous guitarist was going to be on stage with mm. our friend Rick. Plus the other Davis brothers. Uh, Zip and I have both been friends and played with this guy, Rick Davis. And it, legendary in Vermont was his band called the Davis Brothers Garage Band. Mm -hmm. His dad used to have a garage you know, the kind that worked on cars. It was a Chevy dealership. I believe so, in, uh, yeah. in Windsor, Vermont, which is where Lisa and I were married. Wow. And so all three brothers who are now in their 70s showed up. And uh, Val, who is Jackson Brown's guitar player for 20 years. No kidding. And a legendary L.A. session guy, plays on lots of records. Uh, played on the Toy Story 4 movie, which I mentioned last night. Uh, anyway, he he was the special guest who was coming, and he gets on stage and he tells the story, and, and he says, when I was a kid, these Davis brothers inspired me and got me into music, which was so nice. And, right. and here in Vermont, when you're in a place called Cavendish, or Proctorsville, <laughs> there are no strangers. No. You know what I mean? Everybody's, uh, do you know that person? Uh, slightly married to my first cousin. <laughs> his cousin's in jail. And, uh, yeah, blah, blah, blah. his cousin's in jail, and they used to have a meth lab, but uh, thankfully they're over that now. <laughs> they converted the still from, yeah. the, from so, the 40s. So, uh, so anyway, we set up. And we're wondering, normally uh, something like this would have, oh, I don't know, 50 people. Mm -hmm. And but we were thinking, there's pent-up demand. Sure there is. And sure enough, hundreds of people showed up on that green. And it was, it was and everybody socially distanced. Mm -hmm. So it looked like a massive crowd. You know, like Woodstock, except everybody's not naked on top of each other. <laughs> like the Trump inauguration. Yeah. <laughs> not that bad. Uh, but and it wasn't the biggest crowd in the history of all crowds. <laughs> okay. But, uh, but it was great. And, um, and at one point, uh, Zip, you'll like this, uh, Val, who's so understated as a guitar player, he's super tasty. He doesn't overplay. Right. And this man is a lick factory. I mean, he 
he doesn't have to know a song. He can just hear what you're doing and lay Ooh. stuff in there like he's playing yeah. on a record. Yeah. Anyway, he looks over when all three Davis brothers were on stage, and he goes, I just want to tell you, these guys, when I was a kid, helped me get into music. And I just want to say how great it is to see them all on the same stage with no fighting or arguing or gunplay. It's very nice. <laughs> <laughs> he said that? Something like that. In other words, the, the brothers have had a... Uh, Contentious. An on and off. Uh, yeah, but they all love each other. They just all uh, bitch about each other. Uh, of course. A little bit. Uh, so it was very nice. And um, and everybody wore a mask. Um I felt pretty safe. I'm the sound man. I was all alone. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, I think it was good. I think no glitches, technical. Uh, no, nothing major. I mean, I was learning the board, so I wasn't a sure. genius. There's at a curve it. to it, yeah. But see, here's the thing: when you're running sound for a band, mm -hmm. as long as their monitors are okay, and they and they can see that people are enjoying it. They have no idea how bad of a job you do. <laughs> hey, there's a book in, there's yeah. a book in you yet, Rob. Yeah. Well, they just know that there's someone out there working the sound because most small town uh, band things, there's no sound man. You just set it on stage and hope for the best. Yeah. Zip uh, knows about that. Yeah. Val McCallum, actually, Ed, is um, David McCallum, the actor's son, right? Right, okay. from uh, uh, the man from Uncle? Or NCIS? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ilya Kuryakin on The Man from Uncle. He was married to, uh, oh, his yeah. mom was... Um, gosh, he's had a long career. His mom is yeah, Jill yeah. Ireland. Jill Ireland, who ended up later marrying Charles Bronson. So uh, Val's uh, Charles Bronson's stepson. Right. And, wow. and by but, the way, the story, um, and I think Val disputes it because he doesn't want to... Uh, he's not sure the age of jobs. But when I had uh -huh. Val McCallum here to interview him for a podcast once... Lisa was like stunned. And when he walked out the door, she said, do you remember when I first met you? <laughs> and I was up for three different jobs, one in Boston, and one other one, I can't remember what, and one, the Charles Bronson family wanted to hire me to be a nanny. And I would have had to spend most of the year in Brentwood, California. <laughs> and I said, I remember you talking about that Charles Bronson was offering you a job. And she said, do you know that I turned down that job because I thought this new boyfriend I have might turn out to be something. <laughs> Little did she know how wrong and she was. <laughs> what she was saying was, I was yeah. almost his nanny. Yes. <laughs> then Who's he was like, nanny? no, I don't think the age is right. It was my sister. I think it was my sister. But she... But, <laughs> But I think that it was actually, and uh, and that's how small it is up here. Wow! Uh, <laughs> Another quick, quick story. Uh, way back in the day, uh, with Rick Davis, the guy that Bob's talking about, yeah, we played a summer party at Charles Bronson's horse farm in Woodstock. Vermont. When Charles was alive? Uh, yes. Oh. And anyway, long story short, so we're playing. <laughs> More fun we when he's a, alive. Yes. We take a break, and uh, and Val. Charles uh, Charlie comes over and he's standing around and and at one point he goes hey hey Charlie I want to introduce you to the drummer this is Zip and he goes hey how you doing Zit he called me Zip and he thought <laughs> he said what 
Zit. Zit. How you doing? Oh, like a zit. Hey, how you doing? Zit. Yeah. And like a the pimple. gaggle of the gaggle of people standing around all like break into laughter because he thought he was making a joke at my expense. Mm. Which was like that was my big brush with stardom. Well, you know, you he doing, said something zit? last night on stage that I I think um may explain this because I think he has um, well, he has a couple of things. He and he got warm and close on stage last night, and he said, "I, I want you to." He asked me to turn up the treble a little on his microphone, and he said, "Because you know, I, I have a speech impediment, huh? And and it's, sometimes it's difficult, and it's the way I talk, and you know, you'll hear it sometimes." And I think that was his speech impediment. No, no, it was Charles Bronson who misunderstood. Oh, never mind. Then he was calling you a zit. <laughs> he was calling me a pimple. Did he not know your name? I thought it was funny. I, I think he, he was trying to make a joke. He just thought, what kind of a stupid name is Zip? Yeah, Zip. Whatever. How you doing, yeah. Zip? You know, he, he had that curmudgeoned. Even when he was laughing, he mm. looked angry. Yeah, you know, yeah. it was one of those faces. That was his character in the movies. Yes, it was. I Sorry. think we should actually change it to the Bob and Zit show, don't you? The Bob and Zit. <laughs> <laughs> hey, if Dr. Pipple Popper can be big on cable TV or is whatever. It? I know a guy. Let me see what I can do. Is it doable? I think that is doable. Okay, what is done? <laughs> Bob and Zit it is. <laughs> oh, man, my big moment. All right. Well, anyway, that's, that's the story of last night. And the TV uh, station was there, and everybody was well-behaved and wore masks. Today I climbed Mount Escutney again, and again, yeah, and there were people up on the way up and down, and uh, more mask than ever. Now I don't carry a mask when I'm on a trail. What I do is step off six feet off the trail for people to go by. But today I felt like I should have had, you know, the mask with me because a lot everybody had a mask, and some of the older folks put it on as they saw me approaching yeah that's the that's the smooth move that's the really. smooth move which I, I and i'm you know i, I i'm shit for brains so i have to watch <laughs> other people to figure it out so i'm gonna start doing that i'm gonna hang it on my neck just like the people at the hardware store do all the time yeah <laughs> did they put it on when you approached? yeah there's so yeah. many there's so many funny things on the on the evening news where they'll be talking to a policeman and the mask is down under his chin chin yeah and uh and he's right next to people and it it's really hard uh, to get in the habit i do think we've turned a corner though I think well you're in vermont you, you didn't have a corner to turn ah oh well yeah, no, no i mean as a few. nation though i think we've turned a corner i think the vast majority of the people are now on board well, the sense I, I get. You don't? The president coming out with a mask in public yes. might have helped that happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. And he, so early, he was the first to do it. <laughs> he said facetiously. <laughs> Why, I did it before anybody, and I'm about to save hundreds of thousands of lives by doing this. Nobody wears a mask like me. Yeah. I have so, the best mask. And the best pandemic. No, Biden could never compete with your pandemic. Ever. So. It's quite a hike from uh, singing at Easter Sunday service back on April 12th or whenever it was, as he was attempting to reopen the, all the churches. Remember, that'd be great if at Easter oh, everybody yeah, be there on Easter. Me. And then Penn said, "This will be all over by Memorial Day." Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's so weird. It sort of doesn't matter what anybody says because the news is such a jumble of fast-changing, uh, quick, dramatic. It, it, the news is this roller coaster of danger, mm. and 
it seems to me that most people have lost their uh, connectivity when it comes to remembering what was said a week ago or a day ago. Oh, sure. Short attention span theater. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And everything's a a non sequitur, too. Like today, the big story was uh, that uh, Russia was behind the hacks into the Twitter accounts. And then a bar from the White House came out and said, in China, China, but don't forget China. China's doing these things. China. China is trying to steal our vaccines. And, And I had two thoughts. First off, how do we, do we know Russia was behind the Twitter attacks? I don't think so. And then it was inside. The second thought is, China's trying to steal our vaccine. Why aren't we um, making all of this stuff free to everyone in the world and teaming up to to come up with uh, the solution and share it freely? Oh yeah, that's right. Profitable. Healthcare is about profit, not about health. Yep. True that. It's my commitment. Speaking of disjointed, yeah. going back to the uh, Billy Joel thing, Billy Joel couldn't hit that. Besides the um, Billy Joel Elton John show, I also went to see him solo at the Palace, which they exploded a couple of days ago. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he too had to, he, he couldn't hit that note for Innocent Man, that, oh, that yeah, high yeah, yeah. one. Yeah, yeah. So uh, he would. Yeah. He, so he, at the end, in between songs, when the song was over, he said, Watch this. And he goes, I. Yeah. And he, the curtain goes back, and there's a girl on a, on a, an SM50 no kidding. filling in for <laughs> that you, note. Really? I, yeah, and he pulled the wizard back. He pulled the curtain back on the wizard himself. That's it was kind of cool. Funny. Wow. So the funny. story about Brian having to come in and sing that line ended Prophetic. up being true for Billy Joel. Yes. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah. All right, I'm going to cool. find that song. All right, we got about 15 more minutes. Uh, again, topics things. up for grabs. Ed, what's on your mind? I sent you a couple things. I oh, um, Hold on, ha- let me... Ha- let me I, I realize that ageism has come to uh, animation. <laughs> it's not just us, guys. Meaning? Um, uh, I had to... Audition for Captain Crunch today. This is the kind of auditions that come <laughs> don't come open very... I did the Maytag Repairman uh, mm-hmm. one time. Uh, I auditioned for it, and this one came open. These iconic things only come up every so often. I don't know why it's come up, but it did. It did. Mm. But they, they don't want... It's quote, and I sent you the, uh, the audition, the details of the audition. It said they don't want... An old-sounding Captain Crunch. They, they they don't mind if he's forty to sixty. Sounds middle-aged. They just don't want. Hey, Sea Dog. You know they don't want that. Right, right, Crunch right, right. No. I'm reading they, it actually. Uh, so uh, they want to young him up. This is a chance to be Captain Crunch. We are looking for a male, age forty to sixty. You're narrowly within that window. <laughs> yes, Captain. We don't want him to sound as crotchety or old middle age. Middle age is fine. And uh, voice actor requirements. Uh, it's for one year digital use. Yes. So Captain Crunch is going to go on Facebook, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. Male adult. Not for broadcast, just digital. I, I probably yeah. yeah. And uh, is this they always? That's is how this you doing the captain? Yes, it is. Oh, I got it. So we've got the audition. All it's right. one line. Yeah. It's only one line. One line that they give you for the audition, but that that may end up being the tagline that they use over and over ad nauseum. So if they like it, do they just mm-hmm. buy it from you and you don't have yes. to do any more work? That's correct. That's happened. Wow. Uh, but and how is many it a people buyout are up for or a residual thing? The, initially, this one is a buyout, yeah. And then we're okay. how much? We're uh, can you tell us how much or is it? Yeah, I think it was about 1500 or something like that. Okay. Yeah. It's a quick voice gig. And uh, how many people do you think auditioned to be Captain Crunch? I think it was open to 40. 40? Yeah. I'm, so yeah. it's it's a lottery, but it, you know it's short odds compared with the lottery. Oh yeah, you know absolutely. So, yeah. All right, here's uh, Zips. 
uh, is, I'm sorry, Ed's uh, audition for Captain Crunch on the Zip, Bob and Zip cast too? with Ed Kelly. You ready? <laughs> yes. Okay. Ed Kelly, Captain Crunch. Eat the crunch, be the captain. 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 Wow. See. <laughs> so Slight you obviously variation. don't have time to get into your life story. <laughs> yes. Talk about what it's really like to be the captain, but you do with us. So, ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome Captain Crunch. How you doing, Captain? <laughs> I'm fine. How are you, Sea Dog? Right. You, know, you know who Sea Dog is now? No, it's Tone Loke. Okay. <laughs> and Captain, uh, this Captain Crunch cereal now—is it healthy? Is it good for me? Oh, of course, it's good for you. Sugar's good for everyone, don't you think, Bob? I guess. Uh, so it's not going to give me diabetes then? Uh, no, just rotten teeth. Rotten teeth, which, you know, and cankers on the top of your mouth. Oh, cankers. <laughs> You know what? You sounded a little too old when you said cankers. Could you try and do that as a middle-aged guy? And cankers on the roof of your mouth. <laughs> you just took five years off your age. That's fine. Yes. Right. That's what you do. So how long before you find out if you got to be Captain Crunch? Bob, they're, they're paper boats, man. I, if I waited on every audition I put out, I would just grow old. i just put them out and forget about it. Oh, so maybe you never hear again. Yeah. If, if the phone doesn't ring, yeah. Okay. You, you was that an know. agent referral? Yeah, uh, that one is, yeah. Yeah, I would think. They can come from anywhere, though. You never know. Mm. Even Backstage Magazine, which is kind of a business rag, um, does auditions now. Mm. They post them. So, But those Do are some long use, odds. Uh, uh, you know, any of the big one, you know, Voice123 or Voices.com or any of those? Occasionally, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Trump says Goya boycott backfired. People are buying like crazy. Now, this is another one of your bits. I saw that. Now, um, why is he doing product endorsements on his desk? <laughs> He's probably getting paid underneath it. <laughs> I guess. I guess. Yeah. I, I don't know. He doesn't seem to me that, that, that he would need to get paid. I, I think it's just for his ego, maybe, right? It could very well be. Okay. I can explain that. They told him he had a garbanzo bean on his his, his face. I said, no, I, I've never seen the president with food on his face. I hear there's an occasional chickpea on his face. Two, three. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a lightning strike. This is Real American Heroes. And uh, this is uh, Goya Boycott Backfire. Are you, are you ready for me to play this? Sure. Right. This station presents Real American Heroes. Real American Heroes. Today, we salute you, Mr. First Time Goya Products Buyer. First Time Goya Product Buyer. When the leader of the country endorses a product, you blindly follow. And now you find yourself in the international aisle staring at the cans of Goya products. You can't tell what's weeping. You don't even know the difference between chickpeas and garbanzos. Exactly the same thing. Yeah. So when a guy is trying to put pinto beans on his ham sandwich or sprinkling adobo on his potato salad, he's only doing this because he saw the president shake hands with a guy from Goya. He's Mr. First-Time Goya Product Buyer, a real American hero. Mr. First-Time Goya Product Buyer. 
Adios, ding bat. So, uh, and by the way, I love their products. Um, the black beans yeah. are um, incredible. Um, does he know that one of them's called Frijoles Negros? <laughs> Frijoles Negros. Frijoles. Frijoles, not Negros. They're black beans, of course. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but that, but the way they, oh, this, it's this podcast Spanish. is going to be. It's, yeah, it's a good thing that a small podcast can't be canceled. <laughs> well, I'm just reading off the package. I understand. I, I assume it's Negros. Yes. Even though it's spelled the way President <laughs> we Johnson know how used it's to say. Spelled, Bob. Yeah. Uh, Jeez, I'm working yeah. with Archie Bunker yeah. over here. <laughs> and I'm a big fan of uh, garbanzo beans. Uh, yes. I think they're great. I love them. Uh, they're also fantastic on the salads. Yeah, uh, I use them in every salad I make. Do you really? Yeah, I buy them canned though. Yeah, I think they're fine canned. I do too. A lot of vegetables, like you give me a can of peas, mm-hmm. uh, I wouldn't even feed it to my dog's dog. Well, unless it's lesser peas in the chrome can, of course. Oh, are they better? Yes, much better. Smaller, okay. sweeter. The Goya Foods CEO not apologizing for pra- praising President Trump. Well, that's free speech. I don't yeah, think he, he was crowing on it on the on the Twitter boy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah crunch now with yeah. garbanzo. <laughs> <laughs> they nice say they're zip. the country's largest Hispanic-owned f- food company. Yeah, which is interesting. And um, the CEO Robert Unanu Unanu described Americans as truly blessed to have Mr. Trump's leadership. In an appearance Thursday at the White House. Well, I'm at the White House. Yeah, what are you going to say? If I accept an invitation to the White House, <laughs> what do you expect? And yeah. if, I'm, if I'm from a giant food company and I want, you know, I'm not going to say anything bad. Uh-huh. Interesting. I, I, by the way, who called for a boycott? I don't know that anybody called. I didn't see an actual boycott, but I think there was probably some chirping online about it or some tweeting online yeah. just because, you know, it's kind of like the My Pillow guy. He came out uh, in, endorsing some Republican cause and all of a sudden he was vilified. It's like we, we just jump into the trench of whatever. Yeah, but those you know. are trolls on Twitter. I don't think yeah. that that should be considered a boycott. I mean, in order for something to be called and get a whole bunch of people behind it, someone with some. Authority should call it. If it's an angry mob, um, you know, how many people is it? It's usually well, the people, sp- small. But the torches and the pitforks, pitchforks now are, are the Twitters. They're the tweet people, you know, the social media people. Those are the yeah. new village, uh, you know. But why <laughs> do we give them the time of day? Well, it just depends on your demographic and how much time you have on your hands, I guess. A lot of people, a lot of time on their hands right now, Bob. Yeah, Jobless rate's pretty high. There is that. Uh, yeah. 30 million people out of work, something like that. Crazy, crazy. Actually, they, they said statistically, if you include retirees and children, half of the population does not go daily to a job. Okay. Well, I do agree that if there's a boycott, it's backfired. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you're trying to say the boycott is all people who don't like Donald Trump, I, I, I think it's a tiny fraction. It's like the, mm-hmm. the um, defund the police. Nobody yeah. wanted to defund the police entirely. No. No. A bunch of uh, protesters wanted to get more clicks and more attention, so they said that. But Oh, you think it was by design and not just poorly chosen? Um, I, I, think that, uh, I, I think the poor choice is the choice for instant gratification. 
Okay. So be, that's all about eyeballs then. Yeah, it's all about that. Anyway, I personally would be part of the backlash of uh, I will buy Goya products. I don't give a crap what the uh, CEO says about the president because I'm not buying the, the uh, to me, uh, Gabonzo beans or um, the Negro beans <laughs> are not a political Let statement. Sleepy it's, dogs lie. It's freaking you? food. It's just yeah. food, right? Right. And and so why do I care? I mean, if I had a my pillow, mm. I might get rid of that. <laughs> because. <laughs> Yeah. That guy was a little over the top. But I probably wouldn't. If I like the pillow, I like the pillow. I don't really care what your politics is. I, look, we each get, you know, theoretically one vote, unless I can get a whole bunch of neighbors and steal all the ballots out of their mailboxes. <laughs> but we each get Don't to, even say that, Bob, because you don't why? know what you'll start. I, I mean, I don't think it's going to happen. But I, I uh, you know, could it? Sure. Um, but, you know... I don't know. Uh, I'm going to... The only thing this did for me mm -hmm. is make me crave gabonzo beans. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have any in the shelf right now. That's okay. And I'm going to go out, and then when I see Goya on the shelf, I'm going to compare the price of Goya... At Mr. Drucker's store. Well, I'm going to compare it to the off-brand, the generic brand that whatever yes. grocery store has that was probably... Packed by Goya under a different name. <laughs> yes, the Aldi. <laughs> and I usually buy something like that on price because I figured they're yeah. all the same. Well, if, uh, if if the policy is like Costco, they guarantee you that the, the in-house brand is as good or better than any of the, um, the name brands. That's you, uh, what is this Costco of which you speak? I've heard that they <laughs> exist hundreds of miles from where I am. Yes. We don't have I'm a sure. Costco now. We'd have you to do? drive to uh, Springfield, Mass, or does Worcester have one? What, did Costco? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if they've got one not I don't close think there's by. a ton of them in Massachusetts either. Yeah. No, there's not, I don't think. You have Sam's yeah. Club. We have a thing called BJ's. Yeah, BJ's <laughs> I'm not sure how <laughs> it got it named. <laughs> Berkeley and Jensen. Oh, it was okay. two guys? <laughs> Berkeley and Jensen? It was two guys. Yeah, <laughs> was, was it, it Pat McGrath and Phil McCracken? Were those the guys? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so and their initial tagline was "Swallow the savings." <laughs> no. <laughs> but you know they're, they're all the same. Those uh, big. Why am I laughing at that? <laughs> I know you should. You know I knew I could get a laugh out of you I'm out, on that. I don't know why. that with a laugh. <laughs> Really? So anyway, the show is brought to you by Goya. Goya donated over 300,000 pounds of food or about 270,000 meals to food banks and other organizations during its Goya. pandemic relief effort. Goya. Last month, they we showed up with thousands of pounds of food for families in the Bronx and Harlem who were infected uh, or had that they had a big problem there. So the story was uh, just from about uh, seven days ago. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't have any problem with that stuff. I think we get upset about the most unimportant things. Tribalism's like that. Yeah. All right. That's good. What else did I send you? Good. <laughs> uh, let me see if you sent anything else. I thought I did. The boycott I backfires. You auditioned for that role. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I guess that's it. I don't really that's have it. anything extra today. I... I um, I was out being a farmer 
uh, I had to uh, fertilize. Um, I had to water stuff. I had to weed stuff. Weren't using Roundup, were you? No. Uh, but Lisa has Roundup. Uh-huh. Uh, Lisa is, she's harsh. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> Old Tough school. Yeah. That's what she <laughs> when, when we catch a varmint in the have a heart trap, uh-huh. that varmint um, should not assume anything by the have a heart <laughs> logo. <laughs> Lisa is a have a spear. She's a have yes. a spear. And yeah, she That's she tough. comes from that farmer stock where you yes. you know varmints you, you get rid of varmints. You're competing with them, yeah. Yeah. They're after your food and we're tribal and we're at the top of the food chain and they're not. Right. So uh, but anyway, so I had to do all the farm chores today. I didn't pay any attention to the news and I um I enjoyed it. I like being outdoors. And uh, watching stuff grow. Uh, Fresh air. You yeah. are my wife? Well, <laughs> goodbye. Goodbye. City life. <laughs> yeah, I am. Um, Zip, I think, would say I'm very Eddie Albert. Very, very Oliver Wendell Douglas. <laughs> oh, that's his, that's <laughs> his character name. Yeah. Mr. Lisa, there's a pig in our bedroom. <laughs> well, hold on a second. I'll get him. Arnold. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah. And his wife was Lisa, wasn't it? Yes. Oh, True God. enough. I got to get some drop-ins from that. <laughs> you should. Yeah. So today was, a, and, and, and by the way, uh, New England is not as much fun as Seattle for farming. Ah, yeah. Because in Seattle, the climate in the summer is very dry. So you, uh, you don't have that many bugs. Around here, we have a very healthy pest ecosystem. Yes. And you can plant vegetables, broccoli, you can plant, and then you go out there and it's like, what are all these worms and bugs doing in my garden? <laughs> Feasting. <laughs> and and it's like, wait a minute, this didn't happen in Seattle. And um, and last year we had broccoli and we would bring it in and there's all these worms all over it. Lisa would be picking them off. And I'm like, um, we need to keep them from going there in the first place. Oh, they're important, yeah. though. They're, they're worms. They were there first, Bob. No, no, no. These are like maggoty things. Uh, okay. They're lower than worms. They're, they're right. shithole species. Trust me. <laughs> From shithole countries. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so I do some reading, by the way, and there's a number of ways you can handle this stuff. And some yeah, of the gar- listeners who, if they garden, will understand. Is, is garlic one of them? You can be, uh, if you're organically inclined... You can do natural things that hurt the habitat for the bugs. So there is a thing called organic milky spore, but mm. you have to think ahead. You put it out in the fall. Ah. And it's a bacteria found in nature that basically feeds on the eggs of all the bugs that are going to eat your veggies ah. next spring. Right. So you put that stuff down in the fall, then you put it down in the spring. And then there's this stuff called diatomaceous earth. Have you heard of that? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's made from the mollusks of sea creatures. Um, and it's, um, it's essentially, uh, it, I mean, it's natural. They have a food-grade version of it that we actually use to filter uh, crap out of maple syrup. Mm-hmm. And there's a non-food-safe version of it that they use in swimming pool filters. Ah. But it turns out, if you have you ever put down the powder to get rid of ants in your house? Mm, you know the stuff no. I'm talking about. It, it shakes out, and you can put it in a little bottle cap or something, and the ants will eat it and croak. 
Not, not to my knowledge, okay. but I'm familiar. I That's, believe. Belisa knows every product that kills everything <laughs> legally. <laughs> and and so she bought that the ant stuff, and I looked on it, and the active ingredient was diatomaceous earth. And I said, "Well, I got I got 50 pounds of this in the maple sugar, sugar." So now I spread that around on the ground, and then I'll do the organic milky spore. And I've got to keep the pests down. And wherever you are. You know, your area has certain characteristics. Uh, the sure. biggest pest is the Japanese beetle. It eats from everything. China. No, from China. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's Japanese beetle. Yeah. I don't care. Yeah. It came from Japan. <laughs> One of those shithole countries. Yeah. We used to, by the way, remember when we used to hate Japan? Yeah, it was the J.A. Pan Company, remember? Yeah, it was like mm. made, things were made. Nowadays, things are made in Japan, as in some famous Great hit record. quality. Yeah. And uh, and now it's China, and, and Japan wishes they could be the target of our ire. Yeah. So anyway, oh, China's gotten much better at the at their, their manufacturing and their tolerances and specs and all of that. Mm. Well, you know, Not I feel about to China. Americans, mind you, but. I I feel like China is our offshore, low cost labor, and Big that China. we're taking advantage of China, not the other way around. I would tend to agree with that. Yeah, but no one, yeah. I, I never hear anybody say that. I never hear, you know, or admit it, in fact. And everybody who's tweeting about blaming China is mm -hmm. doing it on a device that was made by slave labor in China. In China, by Chinese children. That's, <laughs> That's true. <laughs> and they have no health care, and they work 100 hours a week, and, yeah. um, you know, and... We resent them for making our smartphones. Very stupid. Yeah. And our clothes. What else is made in and China? They, they bunk themselves in, in uh, houses that are attached to the factories. Mm -hmm. so that they, That's know, the bizarre thing. That uh, is bizarre. Yeah. yeah. Sleeping at work. Okay. So we're going to end the show with Ignorant Man, sung by Jim Perry and Brian Silva for the high part. See if you can tell which vocal is a different guy. It's the Bob and Zip cast with Ed Kelly. Always a pleasure. And we want to thank our patrons. Do you know we have patrons? Wow. We have patrons <laughs> all over the world. <laughs> we do. And, um, and I haven't called them out yet uh, because it's hard to find them because they're <laughs> lumped in with this huge pile of Bob, Spike, and Joe patrons. Yes. But I'm going to actually, I'm going to look at it right now. Patrons. Uh, let's see. Uh, benefits. Oh, this is the website is so hard to manage. Yeah. Uh, relationship manager. That's where I'm supposed to like email everybody and tell them how much we love them. Ah, here it is. And yes. I can choose the tiers the $8 Bob and Zipcast and the $30 Bob and Zipcast. Let's see how many patrons we have. Wow. All right. More. Uh, we now have More. six. Uh, <laughs> oh. But that's good. Think about those it. penny stocks are going to make us rich. Yes. Guys. So, uh, uh, which means, uh, but by the way, there's a commission for Patreon.com, and there's yeah. taxes. I don't know why there's taxes on us talking. <laughs> it's taxing for a lot of people, Bob. Yeah, it's taxing. That's why they call it free speech? Okay. So our first patron uh, came on April thirtieth. Um, and she's a Bob and uh, a Bob Spike and Joe listener. Uh, Susie the groomer. She grooms uh, dogs. Oh, she, she's awesome. 
And, and I've uh, seen your online photo. You may need her services soon. Good. Yes. Yeah. Anyway, she joined us April 30th. Uh, we didn't get another. She was the first one, and we never said thank you. Thank you, Susie. Oh, the second you, one was May 26th, and it's uh, Lori Joplin. And I think she's also a listener of the other show, but she orders maple syrup every year Very and supports cool. our small little farm. So thank you. Nice. Wow. We're wow. like the AAA podcast team trying to <laughs> yeah. make it to the majors. Uh, Catherine Anderson is a patron. Uh, Catherine Anderson, ladies and gentlemen. Also since May 26th. Gary Lency. Gary Lency. By the way, uh, I think we should offer something to our patrons. How about this? I think so, too. Every patron gets a free answering machine a message from Ed. As a great. movie trader guy, you As have reached, what's the last name? Um, <laughs> you have reached the cell phone of Catherine Anderson. You have reached the, the cell phone, only I won't stumble. You have reached the cell phone of Catherine Anderson. It's not rock dance. Leave a beep. I love that message. Will your, cell, world, will your no cell phone let you use a file to put up your message? Um, I can email it. I think I can send it on okay. cell phone. Yeah. All right. So uh, every, uh, I'm going to send a letter to every patron saying, uh, that, <laughs> no, would you do that? I mean, it won't take you long, right? Yeah. I'm sending you the MP3. <laughs> I mean, you did Captain you Crunch just as a spec. These people gave <laughs> you eight right. bucks. There's <laughs> many <laughs> ways. Yes. Yeah. These people have actually forked over their hard-earned pennies. Uh, also, that's it. not everybody. John Walrath joined us on June 27th. Mm-hmm. And our most recent patron, Ron Cork, uh, joined us on July 10th. So uh, you guys are extra special. I'm going to send out a notice and you can give me a small script for Ed. It shouldn't be much longer than the Cap'n Crunch thing. <laughs> Don't get greedy and we'll have some fun. <laughs> All right, you guys. The world's gone crazy. <laughs> and we're just trying to keep up. Bob and Zip. Go to the movies with my radio on And I wear the tallest hat I can find Sit in the middle so I can get up For the men's room eight or nine times Drive to the store with my foot to the floor And I act as if the road were my own then enter via the exit side as I glide to the handicap zone. I put my mother in a rest home today. She wasn't sick, she just got in my way. It's all so simple cause I'm far below anybody I know. And when it comes to being rude I can. You say I'm crazy, but I don't care why, because I am an ignorant man. I Black, Hispanics, or Jews And I'm proud to say I'm never wrong I hate confessions or lie to the priest Then at least I won't pray for so long 
provide my wife with a miserable life. If she complains, I just give her a whack. In a receiving line, French kiss the bride as I slide my hand down past her ass. I've no intention of repaying a loan. The one opinion I respect is my own. It's all so simple, cause I'm far below anybody I know. And when it comes to being rude, I can. You say I'm crazy, but I don't care why, because I am an idiot. 